Thank you, Lord Jesus. For the relationship that is found in you, the fellowship that is found in you, the friendship with you. you declared to us that you never leave us nor forsake us. Friend that sticks closer than a brother. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for this truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you might remember the words uh, Jesus spoke when Peter was asked, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Peter, upon that statement of faith, kind of cutting through some of it, just get to the point. Upon that statement of faith, I'll build my church. And then he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen? So, we know that's the truth of God's word. Amen? Jesus spoke it. We know that's the truth of God's word. So, that's a, that's a powerful statement, recognizing that no matter what comes against the church, the church cannot be defeated from anything coming against it. Nothing from the outside can defeat the church. Praise God? Here's the, th- the thing, though. The church can be depleted from the inside this is why we must beware be on guard the church can be depleted from the inside jesus spoke about salt and he said uh, you're the salt of the of the world so now we know that salt has a lot of amazing properties to it i like it on my food actually i put a little tony sashries on mine but uh, it's got salt in it oh, salt it, it's it, it adds flavor but it's also a preserver it, it it fights corruption and and so there's a lot that comes with our being salt but did you know that salt cannot lose its savor not contradicting jesus he's got a point when he says it salt is always salt it's a mineral and salt can't lose its saltiness it's just salt but what it can what can happen is salt gets compromised with things that look like salt there are other minerals that are similar looking there's you know there's gypsum there's lime there's these other things and so you might have what looks like salt but now it's got other things in it other than salt and so now even though it may look like salt it is now compromised and jesus says it's not good for anything anymore it's not good for anything so uh we go to israel we go to the dead sea and it's like oh it's the salt sea it's very salty it's way it's got more stuff than salt in it it's poison it's poisonous. You get that in your eyes. It feel like somebody dropped battery acid in your eyes. It's, it's more than salt. And, and, and yet you look at it on the, on, the, on the shore. It's like, oh, look at salt. Don't put that on your food. <laughs> it's not good for anything. Uh, except these gals put it on their skin and stuff. But Jesus said, when salt loses its savor, it's not good for anything but make a road out of it. Just make a road out of it. Get, gets trampled on underfoot of man. The church of Jesus Christ will not be defeated from the outside. Amen? But it can be depleted from the inside. If we become compromised, we become corrupt. I want to point you to uh, what I was talking about last week. Uh, We're going to look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. And uh, just real quickly, Colossians 2 and verse 8. And then I want to kind of give a review of what we talked about last week. Colossians 2, 8 says, Beware. Remember when I said, beware, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. 
Last week we talked about progressive Christianity. Progressive Christianity is probably one of the greatest dangers in the American church or the church around the world today. And progressive Christianity is Jesus minus the virgin birth, minus resurrection, minus hell, minus sin, minus the substitutionary atonement of the cross, plus social gospel. So you got a, a whole formula of a lot of minuses plus social gospel. And so here's why uh, progressive Christianity sounds so attractive is because it has a whole lot of truth into it, but it's been compromised. It's got the truth of, yes, we care about people who are oppressed. Yes, it, Jesus said so in Luke chapter 4 as he was preaching uh, the, the passage out of Isaiah. That he wants to set captives free, restore sight to the blind. So that, that is all true. We want to see the oppressed liberated. We want to see the hurting healed. We want to see all that's true. And yet you must hold to the truth of who Jesus is. Amen. He says upon this statement, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon that statement, I'll build my church. So just to kind of review real quick what progressive Christianity believes. Progressive Christianity believes that man is born good only problem with that is it's wrong <laughs> man is born the bible tells us with a sin nature an independent and rebellious nature in which i want to do things my way always and that's a sin nature that's directly opposed to god and so progressive christianity says but it's society that corrupts man and so society needs to change and and, and they even uh come against american society and that that it was built on a bad system, and we need to change the system. Well, actually, the, the true uh, nation that we enjoy, greatest nation in the foundation of the, <laughs> of the world, was based upon this system. America still is an amazing country. I still am proud to be an American. Yes, there has been some compromise. There has been some corrupting. And here, I'm going to tell you where this progressive Christianity comes. I'm not going to preach much longer on it. But I do need to tell you where it comes from. I just kind of share with you a little bit about what it is, where it comes from, where's it going. It comes, y'all know, by the way, y'all do know that we want anybody to, to feel welcome to come and seek the Lord at this church. We want anybody to come in here. We want anybody to come seek the Lord in this church except for this guy. This guy is named Karl Marx, <laughs> and he's dead and gone. Uh, but his philosophy has corrupted not only our universities, but now our seminaries, and even now our churches. And his philosophy, is now, just to tell you a little bit about the guy, he was a bum, he was an overeducated bum, uh, he, he lived off of his daddy's money as long as he could, and then when, that, when his daddy cut him off, he lived off of his wife's money as long as he could, and then when that ran out, his wife's family's money, then he had a, a friend named Friedrich Engels, and the, the two of them, they were German philosophers, uh, just sit around in pubs and philosophize, you know what I mean? <laughs> they just sit around and talk philosophy, and, and he and Friedrich Engels wrote a, a, a book called The Communist Manifesto, and uh, just real quick, this was during the Industrial Revolution, where did this, this mentality come from? Uh, during the Industrial Revolution, there were a lot of, uh, of, of, of ills in society. The owners of these factories would take advantage of the workers in the factories, and so you got a guy that didn't even know anything about work, but he, uh, he, uh, he thought that if, if there was no such thing as private property, then all of society would be on one level playing field. And so they would coin this phrase, workers of the world unite. What do they want? They wanted the workers 
to re- have a revolution and overthrow the property owners. And so if we had no private property, they would all be one class of people and oh, everything would be hunky-dory, peach king. Yeah, so the problem with it is it fails every time it's been tried. It actually, the first time it was tried was right here in America with a guy named Robert Owen who comes here and purchases a village and tries to turn that village into a pure socialist society. And he had three things that said that must be uh, uh, defeated before he could have a pure socialist society. Number one, the church. Number two, the family. Number three, civil government. And I want you to know that that was where Carl got his ideas, was from Robert Owen. He and Frederick Ingalls uh, continued to push that, and it still goes on today. So when you see progressive Christianity, it is the depleting from the inside of the church. And when you see Marxism or socialism continue to spread through our land, just know there's three things they want to do away with. Your family, your church, and your civil government. What I mean by civil government? Well, the civil government is meant to protect people and private property. And so when you see stuff like defund the police, what they want to do is defeat the police. Why? Because police are protectors of private property. And so if, if you can remove that, and then you could take down private property, we come back to this whole socialist agenda. Everything's on one level playing field, and uh, everything's peachy keen and hunky-dory. Now, problem with it is, let's just play this out real quick. Today we're going to all have a test. I have studied for hours and hours and hours for this test. And some of you also have, and yet some of you have not studied, you lazy bums. And so we're going to take this test. At the end of the test, the teacher says, okay, looks like we've got some, some really good, some of you made 100 on this test. You must have really put in some hours. Some of you didn't do so well. But since we want to be kind and loving and just take care of everybody and just be all warm and fuzzy inside, uh, we're going to give an average so the average is 75%. Good job, you all pass. Yay. I'm going to tell you, next time we take a test, I ain't studying. I ain't studying. I ain't putting in those hours, those sleepless nights of studying. Not if I'm going to make the same grades as you bums that didn't study. I ain't studying. This is what's the problem with socialism. Those who work don't get any more than those who don't. And so this is where... And by the way, you'll start to see it. If you understand what the Marxist agenda is, you'll start to see it everywhere. It's permeated society as a whole, and this is what I'm saying. It's permeated the church. That's the problem. When, when you look at progressive Christianity, here's the overall agenda of progressive Christianity. This is what they mean even by the cross. There are the oppressors, and then there is the oppressed. There are the oppressors, and then there is the oppressed. That's the whole philosophy that Karl Marx was pushing. There's the oppressors, they're property owners. They're called the bourgeois. I ain't sure I say that very good, but I like saying it. <laughs> bourgeois. Making me sound educated. And then there's the proletariat. These are uh, the working class. They don't own property. Now, socialists and Marxists have tried, tried, tried for years uh, with, with America in its sights and to, to promote its agenda in our great nation. And it, it, it just doesn't work because we have a system that is built in such a way that a man could be born very poor and die very wealthy. 
just so you know, just to kind of help you uh, with, with some confusion, if you've seen back during the crazy riots and stuff, uh, y'all saw some of this stuff uh, on the news constantly, um, you, you would see black businesses being destroyed by Black Lives Matter. You're like, that don't make, that don't make sense. It does make sense when you recognize it's about private property. They want to take down private property. And, and when you see a black, uh, great black man named Frederick Douglass and they're pulling down his statue, why would they pull down the statue of Frederick Douglass? He was, because it doesn't fit the agenda. He was born a slave and died very, very, very wealthy because we have a great system in America in which you can, you can accomplish great things if you try and you work hard and you apply yourself. And so, so it didn't work. You know, they've, they've tried to, to bring this system into America for a long, long time, but it's hard to create a class war. It's hard to create a class war, which was what it was started on, when you have uh, uh, the system that is so amazing that we have here in America. So what you have to do is you find other wars to, to create. Race war, gender wars. Uh, you, you, you have all the dividing vaccines and those don't, don't vaccine. And, and you have all of these divi divisions everywhere. You, you see it's pushed constantly, pushed constantly. And remember, it's because if you can create a conflict, you can take advantage of the conflict. And this is the part of the Communist Manifesto. This is the part of Rules for Radicals. I have the book on my shelf by Saul Alinsky. And they says you try to take advantage to create, to, 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 to permeate this society. They want to actually, they believe there are fundamental issues with the system that is America. And so with this systematic problem, we need to remove the system so we can build it upon their own Marxist system. Well, again, Marxism wants to come against three things. Civil government, police, the family, how do we do that? We, we talk about roles. We, we confuse the gender roles. We confuse the roles of father, mother, children. We've had the feminist movement. We had these different movements. And, and though they may, sound some, they may have some good points in there, but you need to recognize the agenda behind it. Now, you may not come to church today to have a history lesson or uh, to find out, you know, what all this is about. But I need you to understand Back to this scripture, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world. And this, by the way, is speaking of spiritual principalities and not according to Christ. Not according to Christ. We must be aware of what is happening. When we see, when we see these things going on in our world, you got to recognize it for what it is. And I'm going to tell you, here is, we'll throw this up there real quick. I told you what progressive Christianity is. I told you where it come from. It's a Marxist system. I'm going to tell you where it's going. Here's what Karl Marx says. My object in life is to dethrone God and destroy capitalism. So, that lets you know where that stuff is going. Now, I know that those who, uh, who uh, accept the false doctrine of progressive Christianity don't come thinking, yeah, we're going 
we're going to just slip in and dethrone God. No, they believe it fully. They believe it fully. They believe it is good, good theology. And here's how they explain away so much of the Bible. And you must be aware you need to catch it when you hear it because they're going to try. And, and, and remember what I was, the illustration I've been given for the last two weeks. If the anchor rope that is holding our vessel anchored to Christ Jesus is truth, they're constantly trying to cut away the anchor rope. And when, you, when they come to you and say, you don't really believe that, that, that all humanity started with a man named Adam and a woman named Eve. You, you, you don't really believe that, do you? you? You don't really believe, and they start going down the list. You don't believe really that God's good when, when he would remove a people group from a, uh, you know, that, that's, that's genocide. That's, they'll start throwing these names in there. You can't believe that, and I'm not going to touch on every one of those points, but we could. You'd be here all day. But when they start cutting away at one truth after the next, the moment that you realize, you, you, you take into your mind that you accept that you can't trust this book, your anchor rope is cut and you are a shipwreck. And so you must hold to the truth of Scripture. And so here's how they explain it away. They say, well, those men who penned the books of this Bible were incomplete in their knowledge. They, we have learned so much more since they wrote that. And so humanity has progressed, progressive Christianity, humanity has progressed so much since this book was written. They were simply trying to explain things the best way that their poor little dumb minds could explain them. See, this is how they try and rationalize the destruction of truth. They were just trying to, you know, we're, we're not really, we don't really believe in healing, do we? No, no, what happened, or demonic possession, you don't really believe in that. No, those poor ignorant people were just trying to explain things as best they could. And, but we, we're so much smarter now. Well, the truth of God's word is, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, this is the inspired word of God. God spoke. And by the way, he hasn't had to progress any. <laughs> Y'all know that, right? God hadn't grown up. God hadn't, grow, God hadn't progressed. God has not gained any knowledge. Why? Because he has always had all knowledge. Amen. He's omniscient. He knows everything. Always has. Always will. God hasn't progressed in his knowledge and when he spoke to man he put into man's mind and understanding the truth and truth does not change god in the book of malachi says i am god i do not change all right let's go back to colossians chapter two i would i would love for you to have your own uh, uh, uh bible and and i don't know how you say it um an actual physical bible today and a pen in your hand because this would just work out so much better if you did. I, I usually use so many scriptures that we use the screen continuously because I'm just running through them. But today, if you do have a Bible in your hand and you have a pen, there's some things I want you to circle if you're not opposed to marking up your Bible a little bit. Um, I'm not. I, I, I do it all the time. So uh, Colossians chapter 2, it starts off in the first three verses saying... Basically, I want, that Paul is writing to the church in Colossae because he can't, he can't be there in person. 
And he said, I need you to know that all of the mysteries of God, all of the treasures of heaven, all of the, the great truths of God, they're all wrapped up in Jesus. I need you to know that it's all in Jesus. And now verse 4, he says, I need you to know that so that lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. It's not Jesus plus. The book of Galatians, it was Jesus plus the law. It's called legalism. It's not Jesus plus anything. And, and, and so it's just Jesus. In verse 5, it says, For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order. And check this out. This is what I need you to be. Steadfastness of your faith in Christ. If I had uh, a, a physical Bible this morning and a pen, I would circle in Christ. In Christ. And so he says, I, I want you to have a steadfastness. I want, you to be, I want you to be firm in your faith. Immovable in your faith. I need you to be strong in your faith. Steadfastness of your faith in Christ. And now verse 6, I love verse 6. I need you to catch this. That little word, as, A-S. That's a big old word. I know it's only got two letters, but it's a big old word. It means in the same manner. Y'all with me? As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. How did you receive Jesus? By faith. If you received him any other way, then you need to question how you received Jesus. You received Jesus by faith. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, as anyone should boast, Ephesians chapter 2. It is by faith, and, that, and it's only by faith. I, uh, I mentioned this in the first service. I didn't have anyone come and tell me that they were going to do this, but I'll mention it in the second service. As you awesome, generous people, some of you would, might want to say, Pastor Eric, I want to buy you a brand new Dodge one-ton double cab fully loaded pickup truck. Diesel. <laughs> Brother Graham, I want, to, I want to buy you that truck. And by the way, if you did that, I would say God bless you. He would bless you exceedingly. He would, he would pour it out on you. You know that? He'd just pour it out on you. And I, I, but, but, but if you were to say that, and I'd say, you know what, I, I, I hate for you to take all that burden on yourself. Uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of money. I got 20 bucks to throw in on that thing. <laughs> you might get offended. Like 20 bucks. What is 20 bucks on the price of a brand new Dodge diesel, one ton, four door, fully loaded pickup truck? Say, so, well, you know, that's a lot of money. I want, I want to throw in a little bit myself because, uh, and then once, once we bought my truck, I could, I could brag about what we got. Don't you recognize that that would be an offense to the person that's buying me my new truck? And uh, it's an offense to God to think that you earned part of your salvation. No, you, you didn't earn anything. It's by grace you have been saved. A hundred percent. Not 99 and 1. A hundred percent by grace. And, and, and so Paul says, you, verse 7, you need to be rooted and built up in him. So if you're circling things in your Bible, in verse 5, circle in Christ. In verse 6, circle the last two words, in him. As therefore you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Verse 7, rooted and built up in him. Established in the faith, you've been taught 
and abounding in it with thanksgiving. And then we started off with verse 8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of this world and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The, the disciples said, when Jesus is talking about God the Father, the disciples said, uh, when are you going to show us God the Father? We want to see God the Father. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you have seen him. We are, in him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's what that verse says. He says, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He, he, now, we're not going to study Trinity right now, but that's a big, deep study. But, but Jesus says, all of God is in Jesus. And you just continue to, to, to draw near to Jesus. And in him, you'll find your complete. All right, let's continue to, to look back at verse 7. Let's, I'm sorry, we're going back to verse 7. There's a passage of scripture. Jesus was teaching a parable and he was talking about the parable of the sower. One comes along and he sows seeds and some seeds fall on the road and that, that seed didn't take root. Some seed fell on the rocky soil and that seed, it, it sprouted, but it didn't, it didn't have a whole lot of root. Some seed was corrupted by sin. It was, it was amongst the weeds and the thorns and, and then some seed fell on good ground. And here's how it happens. When it fell on the good ground, the roots, the, the roots went down before the plant comes up. In your salvation, you need to be rooted in Christ Jesus. You need to be rooted in the truth. You need to be immovable because your, your roots are in him. Rooted in Christ Jesus. And so let's say it again, verse uh, 7. Rooted in down and built up in him established in the faith as you have been taught i hope that you've been sitting under some good teaching i hope you've been sitting under some good teaching why do we at sand spring why are we bible heavy why are we Bible heavy? Because we need to have the doctrine of this word in our minds and in our hearts. We need to be rooted in scripture and truth. Uh, yes, we can, we can, we can uh, talk about things that, that move us emotionally, but I'm going to tell you where I really get moved emotionally, when this word gets applied to this heart. And so we need to be taught in the scriptures. And, and, and guess what? You can actually teach yourself. You're not going to get a whole lot of teaching as long as you get 30 minutes a week from this pulpit. We need to be allowing the Holy Spirit to come. And this is what Jesus told us. He said, the Holy Spirit will come and teach you the very things that I've spoken. Amen? That's good. And so, beware lest anyone cheat you because you don't know anything. It's very easy to persuade ignorant people I didn't say stupid people. The Bible actually does, mama, mama would get on to me, but she was in the first service. But, but uh, <laughs> mama would get on to me if I called somebody stupid. But, but I already told my mama, the Bible calls somebody stupid. Y'all know that? It's in Proverbs. It says, he who refuses correction is stupid. So, <laughs> uh, I, I got a whooping one time for saying the word fool. But it's in the Bible, mama. Uh, you just don't call nobody a fool. Right. Don't call nobody stupid. I want to tell you, ignorant and stupid are two different things. What is ignorant? Just not knowing anything. Everybody in here got a Bible? 
If you don't see us after church, we'll get you a Bible. You know how much of the Bible you're responsible for? All of it. All of it. It, to whom much is given, much is required. I've been met on, the, on the, the tarmac of the airport in Africa with guys begging me for a Bible. I have a friend of mine in, in the Ukraine that uh, he had to travel walking as a 16-year-old boy across the, 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 the border of Ukraine into Russia and, and going through all kinds of checks and securities uh, by the church, by the way, to get a Bible. And, and he and his buddies, because they knew uh, the very dangerous risk of being arrested with a Bible in your possession by the Soviet Union, they, they began memorizing books of the Bible. And one friend would memorize one book and another friend would memorize another book of the Bible. So that way if they got captured and they got thrown into jail together, that they could begin writing the Bible out again. And he was actually arrested at 18 years old uh, for preaching in the streets and he went to jail. Guess what? He still preaches the Bible. Because it's like it says in John chapter 6 when, when, um, when several of Jesus' uh, disciples uh, turned away from him and went with him no more. He asked his disciples, those true disciples, are you going to leave me too? Here's what they said. Where shall we go? Only you have the words of life. Amen? But you're responsible for every bit of it. Because you... This is God's gift to you. And there's so much here. I, I got to get going. I got to get preaching. I got to get to preaching. I ain't started yet. So verse 10. Oh, this is, let's back up to verse 9. This is so good. For in him, everybody with me? Have you, have you picked up on a, on a theme yet? In him. For in him dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him. Amen. Ain't that good to know that you're complete? You ever feel incomplete? Yeah, I do. I feel so, I feel so unqualified for what I do. Y'all know I ain't been to seminary. Y'all know that? I had not been to seminary. I, I got a bachelor's degree. I got, I got a good learning, you know what I mean? I got a good learning on how to study. And I know that I don't talk like I got a good learning, but I got a good learning. They didn't learn me something. <laughs> I, I learned how to study. And the Bible says study to show yourself approved, but I still feel incomplete all the time. But you know what? That's the feeling of the flesh. But the truth of God's word is you are complete in him. Amen. Amen. You are complete in Christ Jesus. Complete. And here's that word shalom. I love the word shalom. Uh, you know, in Israel, we'll greet one another. Shalom, shalom. We'll say bye, shalom, shalom. And we think, well, what, what does that mean? It means peace. No, it means way more than peace. You know what it means? Nothing lacking, nothing broken. Nothing lacking and nothing broken. And Jesus is my shalom. I am complete in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so if I had, if I had, a, a, a physical Bible this morning and I had a pen I would go to verse 5 and I would circle the last two words of verse 5 and that is in Christ and the last two ver words of verse 6 and that is in him and in verse 7 rooted and built up in him and verse 9 for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and verse 10 and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power in him 
Verse 11, you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, but putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And then it shifts. It, it's no longer in him after verse 11. In verse 12, it now changes to with him. Because you're in him now. Now with him, you were buried with him in baptism, in which you were raised with him through faith in the working of God and raised who, who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, praise God, having disarmed the principalities and powers. Amen? So there, the, the principalities and powers, while you were in sin, had a lot of power over you. But now that you are no longer in sin, you are in Christ Jesus, those powers have been defeated, and they can no longer have power over you. Amen? Amen. Verse 14, he took those, he took your debt list. Anybody ever done this? Oh, I did this, I hated it. I, I, I took a, about a week, and I took a, a, a notebook, and I wrote down every sin I could ever remember over the course of my entire life. Whew. Some of y'all are like, I need a stack of notebooks. Well, that was me. <laughs> That was me, and it was miserable, and it was painful. But when I threw it in the fire, it was glorious. Amen? Because the Bible said that Jesus took all my, that, that sin debt, and he nailed it to the cross and let the enemy know, oh, you've been defeated. You've been defeated. My son is victorious in him. This is, what God, this is what God let the enemy know. It's what it tells us in verse 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, having made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. And you can just continue to read through the scriptures and, and it's so good because then it gets down to verse 20 and it says with Christ because now it's now shifted again. It was, went from in him to, to, uh, to with him and now it, I want you to look at the last verse uh, that I want to look at today. This is chapter, thir chapter 3, verse 17. This is whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen? I'm going to ask you this question. It's a very important question. Are you in him today? Are you in Christ Jesus today? Or are you still in sin? Because it's one or the other. It's one or the other. You're still in your sin, you're under judgment. In sin, under judgment. Progressive Christianity says there is no such thing. There's no such thing as sin, no such thing as judgment. But you can say that all you want. I can stand out there in the highway and say, I don't believe in semis and I'm flat. <laughs> truth is truth. I don't care who believes it, who says it. Truth is truth. So I'm either in sin or I'm in Christ and there's no middle ground. There's one or the other. So if I am no longer in sin, I am in Christ, the scriptures just told me I am complete in him. Amen. You don't let the lies of the enemy tell you you're incomplete when God says you're complete. And you need to be rooted and built up in the word of God. Amen. And so is there craziness going on around us? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's craziness going on all around us. I hope that now, and of course we just barely touched on the surface of the Marxist agenda, but I hope that you see it. It's permeated the world as we know it. It's even permeated seminaries and even the church. But if you are rooted and built up in him, you can beware but not be afraid. You can, all right, let's, let's, let's wrap it up with this. I started off with a verse of scripture that said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The church that is built upon the profession of faith. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Do y'all know what gates are? Gates are not offensive weapons. You ever been hit with a gate? I actually have been hit with a gate. It was a mean cow. It's a mean cow hit me with a gate. But the gate, a gate is not, you don't come at somebody, oh, I'm going to hit you with my gate. <laughs> Gates are defense, not offense. Notice what Jesus says. The gates can't stop the church on the move. Amen. Amen. There, there's, Satan cannot defend a church on the move, a Christian on the move. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be on the defense. I want to be on the offense. And so how can I be on the offense? By standing on the truth of God's word, being rooted down and built up in him. Amen. Applying these principles to my life. But most important, this is way more than principles. This is way more than truth. This is my knowledge of salvation and my salvation is in him. Based on this book, it's about that personal intimacy with God praise team come on up personal intimacy with God God I thank you that you have told us who you are and how we can be in fellowship with you you've spoken to us through your scriptures this book is way more than principles and truth and teachings even though all of that is so vitally important most important facet of my life I have intimacy with God close personal relationship through Jesus Christ my Lord my Savior thank you I pray that if there's someone here today who is not in Christ Jesus Lord they would not leave in that condition but that today they would surrender their life to you by faith, rely on, cling to, trust in Jesus and come to know true life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask that you would stand with me. We have a time of invitation, an opportunity to have God's people pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you just come to realization that you are not in Christ Jesus you're not saved you don't have to live, leave in that condition you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead you will be saved amen so we're going to have our altar team down at the front we're going to have an altar open you can come and pray spend time nearness with God but you move as we sing